Gonna fire first. <laughs> he must, he's gonna fire, fire the vice president at the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Clive. Let's take a look at uh, the markets now. Like Asian stocks rose for the first yeah. time this week, and uh, this is all, of course, amid speculation that the Federal Reserve will signal a slow pace of monetary tightening at the end of uh, mm. this monthly meeting. Yeah. Well I, well, I want to be very honest and straightforward about this one. I, I don't think. They'll raise rates. That's fine. Anybody that thinks otherwise, I think they'll be, um, well, not speaking straight because of the fact that we've seen the soft um, economic data that's come out of the United States not necessarily convincing. And so that's the reason why you see the Asia-Pacific uh, Index, the MSCI, it's increased slightly 0.1 to Kina, obviously following those comments. But most importantly, it's simply because of the fact that uh, if, if rates are not going to be increased for the balance of the, of the year, it means that only early quarter next year, first quarter next year, will we see some rates going up. So it's sort of like uh, helped stimulate the, the, the numbers a little bit. This is on the, on the front of, obviously, two most important things, the fact that we've seen the bond yields increasing slightly and, obviously, the price of oil, $50 a barrel at the current moment. So those are the factors, Sakina, and that's why we're looking at the MSCI specific looking much better than it would have been uh, at the beginning of last week. Mm-hmm. And then Japan's exports are rising at the slowest pace in May since uh, the decline in August last year. What's going on there? Your number one Koti fan there. Aye, that boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, has continued to do relatively well. I mean, what is important is that um, exports for Japan mean a lot because it, it really does contribute towards uh, what they're trying to curb, which is the uh, deflation situation that they're sitting with. And if they don't expand, if they don't grow those margins and they, they remain uh, stagnant, it becomes very difficult, therefore, to fight against things such as uh, deflation for that particular market. So what's happened is that the, the world's third largest economy has, has shown some sort of uh, uh, increment when it comes to exports going up by 3%. The value of overseas shipments climbed by 2.4% uh, from year earlier. And the Ministry of Finance obviously also announced the fact that uh, this is good in relative to what the economy is looking to target GDP for this particular year. So some good stuff that looks very strong, that looks very con- con- uh, convincing. The yen declined, however, slightly by 0.1%. That, that decline of the yen, Sakina, is the reason why the export numbers look so good. Because when they sell it less, less than, um, uh, they send it for less than every dollar that they export, that they send out, it means that they contribute positively uh, to the economy. And obviously they export a bit more than they would normally do if, if the yen was expensive. Mm-hmm. And then here's an interesting one, Clive. India looks set to overtake China in population and also economic growth. The numbers do add up. I, I was looking. I was, I was trying to look at the graphs, and I'm, I'm, I'm following it back for taking it back uh, about 15 to 25 years ago. To go back to uh, 1995 to 2005, you're looking at the numbers for India are looking very strong. 
obviously, uh, the big question has always been about size. <laughs> Some people might tell you it doesn't matter. In this case, it does, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, the, the reason why we talk about it is because when you talk about GDP, you're referring to, obviously, the components and the pockets of the market that actually contributes to the bigger scheme of the macro space. So what happens is that if you look at China, it is five times the size of, uh, of, uh, of India's uh, GDP. However, in terms of growth targets, for the year. Right now, the IMF says India is looking at 7.8% and China is looking at 6.8% at the end of this 2015. Next year, India is looking at 8.1% and China sitting at 7.2%. So obviously that on its own, in terms of growth, it means India is going to take over China. The second thing that they're looking at, Tina, and the last one I'm going to mention now, is the population. Now, Obviously, we know 70% of India's population lives in the outskirts, so what we would call in South Africa the rural areas. And what's happening is, over the last five to ten years, a lot of people have been, due to urbanization and the growth in the key sectors, in key cities in India, people are moving closer to those particular cities, and young people are starting their own businesses and running their own operations, which is making them more competitive. They've sent also a lot of people over into uh, a lot of young people into universities across the world, and that has contributed quite significantly in the last five to ten years on the Indian market. So, uh, Prime Minister Modi doing very good, and uh, it doesn't mean that it's all bad for China. It just means that there's now a new competitor to China, and that competitor happens to be India. A thousand apologies.